the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. He could always be found in the backyard. The bases eat round until it grew too dark. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is a bonus episode, and our guest is Cody Decoff, better known as Chicago Farmer. But he got in step 95 miles an hour Right into his head He hobbled down to first With a lump on his face Chicago Farmer's record Flyover Country was released just two days ago. We've been fans of his for a few years, and uh, this is the best thing he's released. It's got country, it has folk, it, there's some gospel. It's just a great record, and uh, I'm so excited we had a chance to chat with Cody Flyover Country was recorded with the Band of Heathens in Austin, Texas. If you listen to this show, you may remember that the Band of Heathens was also involved in Reed Fail's excellent record last year, which Cody and I touch on briefly. We caught up with Cody by phone while he was in the green room awaiting his show in support of the great Todd Snyder. And as you will hear, Cody is a del- delightful person, and I am excited to bring you this conversation. And even though the school's on the wrong side of the tracks, she crossed over, she came and gave back. We knew she could have left, but she stuck around. A few quick requests before we get to our conversation with Cody. Please give The Marinade a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We love interacting over there with fans of the show. Tell a friend about the show. Give us a rating and subscribe on your podcast app. Those are all free, painless ways that you can be a huge help in getting the word out about The Marinade. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community. For just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive perks like Marinade swag and our Patreon-only show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that have shaped my creative life. All right, y'all, let's get to my conversation with Chicago Farmer. The song you're hearing in this episode is Dirtiest Uniforms off of Chicago Farmer's excellent new record, which you can listen to wherever you consume music and purchase at chicagofarmer.com. I'd watch him play, listen to her teach, and I set out on my way to practice what they so I heard my calling and I found my thing. Now I spend my nights falling down trying to sing. But I get back up just like they talk. And I keep on working with the tools that I've got. With the purdiest voice, I wasn't born, but I. Uniform 
Yet another night Playing in the band Putting in the miles Living the dream It's all been worthwhile The times we took one for the team With catchiest sound We weren't born We've got the dirtiest uniforms With catchiest sound We weren't born We've got the dirtiest uniforms Oh, the catchiest songs We don't perform We've got the dirtiest uniforms Oh, the catchiest songs We don't perform We've got the dirtiest uniforms Hello? Hey, this is Jason Earl from the Marinade Podcast calling for Cody. Jason, this is. Thanks for calling, man. Man, thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited. I've uh, I've been wanting to catch up with you ever since I got a copy of Midwest Side Stories a few years ago, and so this is quite an honor, man. I'm bummed I didn't get get to catch up with you in person in Ponte Vedra, but I'm so excited to talk to you now. Oh yeah, man. Thanks so much. Um, that one that was a while ago, the Midwest Side Story. So thanks for uh, sticking with me. <laughs> well, it, it's that's a great record, but this um, this in my mind, is the best thing I've heard you do, Flyover Country. Uh, I've gotten a chance to listen to it the last week or so, and, man, what a record. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Uh comes out a week from today, February 7th, and we're just trying to get everything together for that and the big celebration release and whatnot. So thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. It's um, you know, There's so much to talk about, and... Um, I want to kind of start with the title track because I feel like the title track is such a standout and um, it's one of, and it's true of the whole record, but it's one of those that really shows off kind of how you were looking to go in a different direction and the fact that you wanted a band and that you wanted that band to be damn good. And of course you went out and found (laughs) one of the best, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is uh, pretty incredible, but what so what inspired that like why why that direction how'd you end up with um with that kind of view in mind sure sure yeah um sometimes you know i write songs like flyover country which is kind of in a, in a waltz time that's kind of um it's it's kind of a slow waltz but i knew that if i would take some of those songs on my own and just play them they might not have the, the power to them that somebody like the band of heathens could add. Mm-hmm. So I felt like to really um, make the art powerful, but also get my, my message across with something was like these, like the heathens can, they can rock out hard, but they also, uh, I found opening up for them so many times that they can play kind of these slow songs that, that, you know, typically just on acoustic guitar might not move you, but they, they get this power behind this band that really behind the song and it really pushes it forward. So for that song in particular, I really couldn't wait to get in the studio and build that one out with those guys. Just a, it was completely different than anything I've ever done before. So I kind of had that vision, and it, and it kind of came together. Are you hearing that uh, when you're writing the song, or as the song's kind of developing, or are you taking 
sort of the the skeletal idea of the song to the band of heathens and going all right here's kind of where i'm going with this do your magic um no i think i i knew the sound right when i wrote it that i was looking for and then i was like okay how do i capture it and um i I felt like i could capture some of these sounds just going in the studio with, with some of my friends and whatnot but i just feel like those guys are so versatile that uh you know, I wanted it to sound like an album, but I wanted each song to to stand out on its own too, and uh, they I was capable to do that. You know, because of them for sure. What does that look like when you guys are sitting down to do it? Are you? Because um, I feel like if I remember correctly, uh, last time I saw, I think Reed Fail worked with them on the, his last record. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, he did. And I feel like if I remember correctly, that he said they basically kind of did it live. And I, I hope I'm not misquoting him here. Um, but there it's on record somewhere so people can go back and listen to my conversation with Reed and figure out if I'm lying or not. But is that kind of what the process <laughs> looked like? Are y'all getting in there and jamming and just kind of making it happen? Or what did the actual process look like granular? Yeah, it was similar to that. And I've actually heard that record too. It's a beautiful album. I, I love that one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's another testament to the heathens and how, how versatile they can be. Um, so I went into like a little recording studio in Bloomington, Illinois, where I live, and I, I recorded all 10 songs, just me on the guitar, and I did send it to them, you know, a few weeks in advance, but really, um, it was similar to that process of getting in the studio. You know, we locked ourselves in there for five days, and so we would kind of talk back, back and forth and bounce ideas on what the song needed and what the song wanted and what it called for. And so, yeah, a lot of it was kind of on the fly. And if, if we started doing something and we didn't like it, then we would totally change gears. And uh, But, you know, pretty much everything we did um, really flowed nicely and worked really well together. And every chance we took uh, was a chance taken and it worked out. Oh, the result's beautiful, man. Um, Thank you. And, yeah. I, yeah, and I've never recorded an album this way. Usually what I do is I'll record a song or two, like in Chicago, and then I'll go hit the road and... You know, and then I'll come back and record two or more songs. So just to uh, to lock myself in a in a studio with those guys for five days, it was a whole other experience for me. So it was it was great to work with a bunch of pros because you know getting on a getting on an airplane and flying from Chicago to Austin with your guitar, not knowing what in the world's going to happen in the next five days. You know, to walk to fly, get back on the plane with your with your guitar and fly back from Austin to Chicago and you know, kind of have what we did. It was a, uh, it was, it was a good feeling. Can you say more about that? Were you anxious at all? Oh yeah, definitely. I was stressed, very stressed. Really? <laughs> I, I, was, I was really stressed out about, you know, cause it was kind of like, you know, this is kind of like my, my save, my life savings. And, uh, you know, kind of like my things on the line here. It's like, whatever I come home with is what's going to have to be. So it could be good or it could be garbage, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't know. But um, I, I had a buddy named Chris Harden, and he was the engineer, and we had worked together many, many times. So he had my back, and he was, he, you know, that puts me in a nice, comfortable situation. You know, he challenges me, but he's also somebody I've worked with many times and, and respect. So he was the engineer, and uh, he really helped me out and just um, touring with the heathens and opening them, opening for them several times. You know, we got to be really close to, and so. It definitely set my mind at ease once we uh, got everything set up and hit record. I, w- I was good to go, but leading up to that, it was, uh, it was <laughs> yeah, my, my mind was kind of a wreck. Do, have you experienced that kind of thing much before, um, that sort of, uh, that anxiety about 
something creative like that? Is that commonplace for you? Or is that because of the difference in how you recorded this one, is that what kind of brought it out? Yeah, I yeah, I think so. I've never really I've never really had like a record label or been on like a time crunch or, you know, had like a deadline or anything like that. Yeah. I do I, I have like a manager and a booking agent and stuff like that, but usually everything I do is just on my own and at my own pace. And so for this to happen I had to be in that window and uh I think that's what really got me, you know. Yeah. I, I've been playing gigs for, for forever. Right now I'm on, on tour with Todd Snyder. Yeah. And uh, I, I get a little bit, uh, you know, the jitters still before I go on stage. But uh, that doesn't last too long. But this one, yeah, this one this one got to me. So. What did but you... Now, but but now, now it's over. Now we're getting all the reward for all the risk. And so now, now I could be happier about it. So. That's awesome, man. And, this is, and yeah. that's how it always happens, right? It's like all of that <laughs> worry for fucking yeah. nothing. Like, there's yeah, no yeah. reason. Why? Yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm... Well, Right now I'm on the road with my wife and our dog, and you know oh, my nice. wife will tell you sometimes I get a little stressed before the show, and I get I get a little chirpy probably. Sometimes. So what do you <laughs> do? Then, uh, and, and then we get and we get we get to the beautiful venue, and then we get on stage, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's just right right where we need to be, you know. So it's all it's all for nothing, but at the same time, I think it's healthy to have those those nerves and those jitters and that anxiety. It's a it's all fuel for the for you know the fire that you're about to expose, you know. Okay, so do you work on it at all? Like, is there anything you do, meditation or breathing exercises or anything to to get you right, or do you just let it roll and then get up on stage? Um, yeah, once I get the guitar out of the case and start start humming around a little bit and singing a little bit and strumming chords, and it all kind of calms down. Mm. Usually, usually when it's like halfway through the first song. That's when I know that it was all it was all worrying for nothing, you know. Yeah, and I was just talking about this last night. I uh, sat down with Emily Wolf. Um, if you haven't listened to her rec- her self titled record, I highly recommend it. But she, cool. um, we were talking about just stress and anxiety and that kind of thing. And she was talking about how there's something to even just the vibration of the guitar against her like if when if she's uh, feeling stress and she puts the like she just picks up her guitar and plays it and to feel it there and to have it there's something so calming about it and i can totally yeah, relate sure. to that yeah definitely definitely i agree i agree yeah we're you know being a musician is funny you know you you complain for for years and years about wanting you know to get a, an audience to come sit down and really listen to you and then when it happens you're like oh my god this is crazy i'm scared as hell <laughs> these people are listening to my <laughs> deepest darkest thoughts <laughs> yeah so it's, uh, it's so quiet right now everybody's <laughs> listening to me oh my god what do i do now yeah it's like oh yeah this is what i've been wanting for like a decade you know <laughs> <laughs> gonna find you know, something else funny. to complain about <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're a funny bunch of people we really have it pretty good you know it's just it's, it's a crazy life i love that attitude um what does your process look like typically? Are you a sit down and do the work kind of person when it comes to writing? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't write every day, but you know, I kind of go in spurts. But uh, once I get an idea flowing, like right now, we've been on the road since uh, the fifteenth of January, so I haven't even had a second because of all the driving to sit down and write. But I've got a bunch of ideas bouncing around in my head. Mm. that I keep bouncing around on every drive. And so when we, when we get home and finally have a couple of days, I'm looking forward to 
sitting down with the guitar and the notebook and starting to get some of these ideas out of the head and onto paper. So um, that's kind of the way I do it quite a bit. Sometimes I'll take the notebook to the coffee house and just sit down and, and make myself write. But a lot of times I just come up with the ideas on the road and then kind of put them in my memory bank. And then when I get home, I, I get them all out. And they all stick the in the memory bank? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I I mean, now that I've gotten older, <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I was like, I was like, if it's good, I'll remember it. But now I'm like four, 41. I'm like, well, you know what? I better write something down if I think I'm going to forget it, oh, or no. you know, and, and and so uh, yeah, the memory isn't what it used to be, but yeah, that's that. The main thing is I just you know keep keep repeating it you know in my head so it doesn't so it doesn't leave so I keep remembering it you know yeah. So do I you, remember the gist of it. Do you need a particular space to write? You mentioned coffee house. Is that kind of your go-to, or does it matter? Yeah, the, I I just I have a lot of history with with. Those uh, when I first moved to Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, is where ISU is. Um, I wasn't, you know, 21 yet. I wasn't going to the bars or the clubs yet. So I spent a lot of time in the coffee house. And then when I moved to Chicago, I lived uh, in Wicker Park, and uh, right next door is this place called the Filter Cafe, which was a coffee house. And I did a ton of writing in there. So I just uh, I have a lot of history with with writing in, in coffee houses. I don't know why. I just like the vibe and and the, the the style of them, I just I feel at home there just because I've I've done it so much right. in the past, and you know it's kind of like my home away from home sometimes. Do you uh, with your writing? Uh, do you write other than songs? I started out like writing in high school study hall, and it was pretty much just poetry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I used to go to like poetry open mics and just and read poetry. Um, my wife was actually, as a teacher, used to coach slam poetry, mm. so all, stuff like that's really been, you know, um, something that we both, we both love, but, uh, I just, I guess the poetry and the writing kind of fulfilled all these needs I needed, like, uh, you know, emotionally and everything, and, but I, I kind of needed, like, a physical need to, to, to add to my poetry. So when I, when I started playing guitar, that was kind of, kind of it got to put the poetry into motion. And, and now it's kind of like, it all flows out in the, in the perfect way that I like. I I played this open mic the other day where, uh, I'd never read a poem on stage and I had been mess. Yeah. And I was messing around with this song that like, it was, it's about my grandmother and, but I couldn't figure it out. Like the, I was stuck. I had the idea and there were pieces of it that made sense to me, but it just wasn't flowing. And so I was, I knew I was going to play and I was going to play something that I hadn't played before live. And I thought, you know what the hell with it? I'm going to just treat this unfinished song as a uh, performance poetry. And so I got right. up and I led with that and, uh, I read it. I didn't have it memorized. I read it, but still, uh, it unlocks something. And then I went home that night and finished the song. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah. That's great. That's great. What do you play? Uh, I, I write kind of, um, folk songs. I mean, the stuff cool. that, you know, the stuff that I write is all social justice related for the most part. And, um, nice. it's relatively new discipline for me. Um, it uh-huh. actually started, like I've messed around with it for a while, but I, I did a phoner like this for a bonus episode with Amy McCarley um, a year ago. Cool. And at the end of it, I had talked about how 
kind of anxious I was about playing my songs for other people. And she pushed me to do it, to play for other people. And then she's like, I'm going to follow up with you and see if you did it. And she did. She followed <laughs> up with me to make sure I did it. And That's cool. So, yeah. And so since then, I've been writing and playing out fairly often. And yeah, it's been fun. That's great, man. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that led to glad, led to your song. And I think I, from time to time, I'll do like a spoken word. And I've, I've always liked seeing that in like live performances too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen a random act like, you know, maybe do like a spoken word or maybe do like something acapella, mm-hmm. you know, like anybody from Billy Strings to you know fish to my mm-hmm. friends the hen house prowlers like a bluegrass band it's just it really mixes up a show really nicely when you just break break it down and maybe put the instrument down for a minute and do like a spoken word or something acapella you know i think it adds a cool vibe to to the show too. well in the the performance that you're t- you've been on tour with todd and todd snyder yeah. is the master at that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he's got some amazing rambles, and we're on uh, we're on show ten of eleven, and we've heard so many so many good rambles, and he he uh, knocks knocks his rambles out of the park every night. It's so great. He's amazing. I, he's not only one of my favorite songwriters, but he's probably my favorite stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, for this line of work, it's the best job in the world getting to you know play forty minutes of your songs and then turn around and watch him do his thing all night. It's uh, every night has been a different experience it's and uh yeah man he has a way with words and he has a way with stories and songs it's uh it's an honor it's an honor to get to play these shows with him for sure well and he's got nice things to say about you he's been quoted saying some really nice things about you too it's just got to feel good mm-hmm. have you learned yeah have you learned lessons watching him are you picking up things about performance or about writing from him oh yeah i mean I can learn more from watching him in like six or seven nights than, you know, doing six or seven months on my own on the road, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's literally, I I think he's the best, the best troubadour, best living troubadour, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the big names, you know, have bands behind them now, you know, there's not very many people that are filling theaters and going out and killing it every night just with their guitar and their harmonica, you know, it's kind of a, it's not, it's not happening much anymore. So I'm trying to keep that alive and being able to do it, you know, open up for him each night is, is the best learning experience you can have. Yeah. Well, it's so hard, but if you have something to say, which you do and he does, then it's going to come through. And so, you know, yeah, that resonates. I think it is. I um, think it is. And speaking of resonates, dirtiest uniforms off of uh, flyover country really resonates with me. Um, I just feel like I can connect so deeply with those characters. Uh, I was the guy with All the dirtiest right. uniform. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that that rings true of many of the listeners to the to the marinade, too. I feel like those are the kind of folks that are drawn to the show. Um, were you that guy? Were you the dirtiest uniform guy? Or are you the dirty? Do you think of yourself as the dirtiest uniform kind of guy? I, I think so, yeah. I've... I've um... I guess I've been kind of emerging, but I've been emerging for like 15 years, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I haven't given up and I've, I've kind of stuck true to what I wanted to do. And, uh, I've definitely taken, um, inspiration from people in that song and like my grandparents and people in my hometown. And 
I think I've stayed true to my roots and just kept at it. You know, I don't know if it's um, hard work or just stubbornness or, or a good mix of both, but uh, I, I have both. There's nothing else I want to do. This is, you know, it's still uh, still 41, I'm 41 and the dream's still alive. So Right. I, you know, I never really, I love that. <laughs> I never really connected hard work and stubbornness because I get accused of being stubborn <laughs> and of course I'm not. Yeah. But yeah. um the, I never really thought about that. That's my new comeback. I think is that no, I'm not stubborn. I'm just hardworking. Damn it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Um, you chose to cover Hank Williams. Uh, everything else is your stuff, and then you covered Hank, and you did an outstanding job on it, man. It's just like captured Thank that you. haunting character that you that you kind of want from Hank's songs. That haunting kind of feel to them. Um, why that one? Why that particular one? Um, well, really, like, I I was kind of into, like, you know, the Nirvana and the Pearl Jam when I was in high school. That's all I was listening to was stuff like that, kind of the grunge alternative movement, a little bit of punk rock and, like, heavier stuff. And I remember I heard my buddy's dad playing some Hank Williams songs on an acoustic guitar, and that really just knocked me over. I love the sound of that. And kind of around that time is kind of when, like, Nirvana Unplugged happened and things like that. And so I was kind of noticing all this real true grit coming out of these acoustic um, instruments. But even, like, Nirvana Unplugged, I felt like that was kind of like a folk album. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to... I've always kind of wanted to blend both. I kind of like the passion that went into um, the grunge music. And, you know, it, it, to me, it wasn't the greatest music ever made, but it, it had a lot of passion. Right. It was really raw and gritty, and it had kind of some angst to it. And then, um, and then, you know, paired with these hardship but beautiful Hank Williams songs, I, I kind of wanted to blend those together. And, uh, you know, at the time, that acoustic kind of country music, I started blending with, like, the grunge music that I like. So kind of... When we recorded the song, I kind of wanted the front half to be kind of the the country haunting vibe and then kind of add kind of the angsty grungeness to the end of it. And uh, the guy who I learned Hank Williams from and got me into that passed away in the last couple of years, too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a tribute to him, too. But, uh, yeah, I like the way it builds. And uh, another reason to just have the heathens, because like I said, they can play that haunting slow stuff and then they can just turn around and rock and roll and kind of rip your head off yeah which i which i love <laughs> right yeah all of those elements and then you close the record with the village revisited which i've been trying to figure out what my favorite tune on this record is that might be it uh i, I think it's perfect of course in the sequencing of the record um, oh right on well, yeah thanks. yeah it feels great man it's it's a it's a um, it just makes you want to sing along, which is a handful of these tunes do. I mean, Indiana Line is clearly one that um, if people aren't already singing along at your shows, I'm sure they will be soon enough. Um, and and definitely Village Revisited, just full of tunes like that that have a lot to say and that also make you want to kind of join in. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I I uh, I felt like there was a little bit of, you know, protest, political, social things happening, like, and um, like Mother Nature's Daughter and a song called Collars. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, I, I, it wasn't the theme of this album, I don't think. Like maybe it was Midwest Side Stories and some other things too, but I always want to make sure I put that in there at the same time. 
right. having some feel having some feel good sing-alongs as well, you know. So I, I felt like I it was a good mix on this one, as far as uh, the personality and and the vibes that were happening. Well, it's such an important time to to do that, right? I mean, it's such an Im- nobody listening to this show is a shut up and sing kind of person. Uh, we're all kind of on the same page that music needs to be a vehicle for social change and needs to be where we have these conversations in it. Artists should have right. something to say, both on the mic and off the mic. You know, whether I agree with it or not, I sure. want to hear it. Yeah, and I feel like at the same time, every time I hear an artist do an interview or talk or do anything, they just talk about how how divided we are and how divided we are and the division and, and over and over and over. And I think they try to to make a song out of that and they maybe try a little too hard mm. and sometimes sometimes you just got to write a song about you know not being able to hit a deer when you're in the sky you know <laughs> right <laughs> sometimes you know i mean i i tried so hard in my in my early career to to write songs that meant something and that were world changing and sometimes just when you write songs you just have to have a good time and just have fun with writing a song too that means you know doesn't really mean a whole lot yeah so i've been i've been <laughs> i've been starting to do that a little more a little more unfortunately or fortunately i don't know yet yeah i don't know that it's good or bad i think both are valuable right so yeah. i think you know it's i i'm terrible at it everything i write is just like the world is ending, you know, <laughs> like I try to write a love song, I wrote a love song. And at the end of it, it yeah. says that one of the lines is if this is the way the world starts ending, you know, and I was like, this is a fucking love song about yeah. washing the car in the front yard on a summer day and how happy I yeah. was. <laughs> well, you know, it might end any minute, you know, you never know. So right. the, point, the point is just keep writing. And when you get the, the muse, whether it's political or love, you know, make sure you get it out. Cody, I'm picking up like a a sound of some sort, like something's bouncing or something. In my phone? Man? Yeah. Okay. I am. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not hearing it, but. Okay. I'll, it just I'll went hold, away. I'll hold more still. All yeah. right. Good. Okay. Cool. Um, the thank you so much for your time. We I this has Absolutely. been awesome thank as you. I expected. Um, we always is my pleasure. We always end with uh, what you're consuming at the moment in terms of art like what has you excited what songs what films what maybe a painting you saw a poem you've read a book you're re- whatever it is what's got you excited right now um really just being on tour with todd snyder i mean it's about the mm. best art that relates to me the most um knowing that people want art is also amazing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and going to towns that I've never been to on like a Tuesday night and seeing like lines of people wanting to come in and sit down and listen to uh, uh, a soul just play guitar and sing about life. I mean, it's it's pretty inspiring. And uh, also what is inspiring me right now is my wife is sitting right next to me and my wife makes guitar string jewelry, which oh. is pretty kick-ass. And uh, instead of like these strings that we use going into a landfill, my wife takes them and turns them into pieces of art That's and beautiful. jewelry and pendants. So it's really cool. It's called Twice Upon a String. Awesome. And uh, she gets strings from Todd and myself and Elizabeth Cook and Green Sky Bluegrass and Billy Strings. And uh, she's been knocking it out 
every night selling pendants, and she gives a uh, 20% of her earnings to to music and art therapy programs um where we're where we're from and all over so she is my inspiring artist that's with me every day that's incredibly inspiring where can folks find uh what is it twice upon a string yeah it's called twice upon a string and twice upon string.com or she's on facebook and uh, instagram too awesome so yeah we have our own little little family traveling art and craft and music life <laughs> that's so beautiful man Kurt, yeah it's pretty wild. S- such a pleasure thank you so much yeah man and i hope we get back to florida we had a great time at, at that, that music hall it was really cool and um we've been bumming around all over florida really for really the first time we've ever toured and so we're going to be back so i hope to we'll have to hang out maybe maybe write a political song that'll change the world oh my together. god i lose my mind that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah i'm so bummed i missed y'all ponte Vedra concert hall is one of my favorite venues anywhere it's you know for folks listening if you haven't been it's an old church um it's kind of in the middle of nowhere that's where you that's where you guys were playing right ponte Vedra? yeah yeah and it was yeah. yeah it was gorgeous it sounded great and i think the night before us was the indigo girls and yeah. Two night, two nights after us was Robert O'Keen, so yep. they get some amazing. Uh, it's the lineup in there. The schedule is amazing. Yeah, I definitely highly recommend anybody, anybody nearby. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's great. So. I've seen the McCurries there. I've seen uh, Steve Earle there. I saw Neutral Milk oh, nice. Hotel there. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, see that's amazing. That's some great variety right there. I love it. Yeah. Well, man, record comes out on uh, February seventh. That's next week. Uh, for us but for people listening to this it came out two days ago so (laughs) if you haven't gotten it yet go get it um and uh check out check out cody at chicago farmer at all the social media and everything else and um man break a leg tonight and thank you so much all right thanks for doing what you do man you take care my pleasure cheers all right bye bye